Hello, Believers. It's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So we have reached the finale of the Belief in Action series on branding, and today is a doozy. It is about monetizing your brand. This is how we begin to draw revenue into our brand and to turn our brand into an actual business. And so I have five keys to help you guys do that today. And our guiding thought for this episode is Proverbs 4, 7, which says this, the beginning of wisdom is this, acquire wisdom and with all you're getting, get understanding. The key to monetizing your brand truly comes down to understanding what business you are actually in. And as we go through our episode today, that will become abundantly clear. So grab your notebooks and let's dive right into this episode. The first two keys to understanding how to monetize your brand really go hand in hand. And they are this. Number one, you really have to understand what business you're in. And number two, you have to learn how to sell the outcomes. Once you know what business you're really in, you have to learn how to sell the outcome. So for me, I'm not in the business of branding and marketing, even though I help people brand and even though I develop content and marketing strategies for people to execute, that's not the business that I'm in. I'm in the business of transformation. I'm in the business of changing lives. And so when you think about my platform, Believing Bigger, that's not just about branding. That is about a changed life. That is a difference in mindset. That is a different way of being and overcoming obstacles. When you think about some of my events, things like DYOB, which is a brand makeover experience. It's about transformation. It's about before and after. And so once I got clear on the fact that I was in the business of transformation, that I was in the business of changing lives, then it became really clear about what outcomes that I would be selling to my target audience. Same thing. If you are in the beauty business, if you are in the fashion and style industry, you might be selling in the business of confidence or in the business of empowerment. You might be in the business of self-efficacy and self-esteem. You have to truly understand what business you're in. And so Apple is not in the business of selling computers and gadgets and MP3 players. Apple is in the business of innovation. Apple is in the business of forward thinking. Apple is in the business of creating a culture that challenges the status quo and raises the bar of excellence. And so you have to think about what business are you really in? I recently saw the movie The Founder about the founder of McDonald's and next week's podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So many lessons that I learned from that movie that I cannot wait to share with you. But believe it or not, McDonald's is not in the business of restaurants. They're not in the food industry business. McDonald's is one of the largest real estate holdings businesses in the world. And the way that the business became franchised isn't because they were selling burgers and fries. It's because they were selling family. They were selling values. They were saying this is a piece of America a place where busy moms can bring their kids. They were selling convenience. And so you have to think about what business are you really in? Move away from your product, move away from your service and think about the people. Think about their needs. What is it that they want? What is it that they truly desire? And once you can figure that out, why is it that they come to you? Why is it that they desire your services? Why is it that they send their kids to your programs? That is the key to number two 
which is selling the outcome. Call it what you want, but I this is where I am going to give the Kardashians some credit. I know that I give the Kardashians a hard time on this show, but <laughs> this is the one time where I can give them some credit, okay? Because even though they've got clothing lines and they've got lipstick lines and they've got this and they've got their hands and that, what they are really selling, ladies and gentlemen, is a lifestyle. They are selling a lifestyle. Little Kylie Jenner and her lipsticks or lip glosses and her cosmetics line, what is she selling? She's not selling makeup. She's selling a lifestyle. They live their lives in such a way to paint the picture that they are the it girls, that they are the industry favorites, that they are the beauty standard, that they are this representation of Armenian Americana, and that they have taken successfully, as a matter of fact, successfully taken all of the key elements of black culture and reappropriated it for a larger primarily European audience, and they've done it very effectively. And so when you're talking about the outcome, so when they buy Kylie Jenner's makeup, they're not saying, oh, I bought this lipstick. They're saying, I want a piece of Kylie Jenner. I want a piece of that lifestyle. I want a piece of that cultural appropriation that's going to make my lips look fuller um, and make me feel a little bit more urban and a little bit more hip. And so that's what they're really selling. They're selling the outcome. They're selling a piece of the Kardashian lifestyle. They're selling a piece of black culture and doing so quite effectively. So for you, you have to really think about what is it that I'm selling? If you are in the business of helping people get out of debt, then what does that mean? What is the so what? I help people get out of debt. So what? As a result of me getting out of debt, what is that going to be able to do? We've talked about this on the podcast before. And so this is how you are really able to elevate the value of what it is that you're offering because you're not just selling product, you are selling the answer to a problem or you're selling the key to facilitating a dream. You are selling stress relief or peace of mind. You are selling financial security and a nest egg and a way to just not have to work so hard and being able to work smarter and allowing your money to work for you. That's what you're selling. Even if it comes in the way of videotape or a program or a download, that's the product, but that's not what you're really selling. So number one, understand what business you're in. Number two, sell the outcomes. And if at all possible, try to quantify it. And so are you going to reduce the percentage of someone's debt? Or if you're in fitness, are you going to reduce the percentage of body fat? Or how much weight can they possibly lose if they sign up for your program? How much are they going to be able to improve their endurance and stamina if they sign up for your personal training regimen? So all of those things are important in terms of selling the outcomes, selling the results, selling the strategies, the means to an end. So one, understand the business you're in. Two, sell the outcome. Number three, this is so critical. It's so critical. Use analytics. You don't have to sit there and try to struggle and figure out what's working, what's not working, what you should sell, what you shouldn't sell. Use analytics. I had to go back and look at 2016 and I looked at what were the most popular episodes of this podcast. And 
it was very clear. The data told me a very clear and compelling picture, which let me know what it is that I need to brand, market, and monetize. And so the most popular episodes of the podcast for 2016 were pod classes, so the live interaction piece, the wealth and debt series, so getting out of debt actually was the most popular episode last season. The Valley series was incredibly popular, so real-life solutions to real-life problems. And then the Summer Reading List was one of the highest-rated episodes, and so tangible resources. And so I use the data picture. So the thing is, it's not just about what people are listening to, but it's what are people listening to and sharing. And so if you have a blog, if you have an Instagram account or feed, if you have a Facebook account, and look at the things that people are sharing. Look at the things that people are retweeting. Look at the things that people are liking the most. That is telling you a story. Sometimes we just put things up and we say, oh, I got a few likes and now I'm going to put something else up so I can get some more likes. And then I'm going to put something else up so I can get some more likes. Stop for a minute and analyze the data picture. I know that sometimes when we think about numbers, it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. But that's actually where the gold is. That is telling you a story. It's also telling you what's not working. So in addition to looking at what are the things that are really, really popular, it's also telling you the things that are really, really not, the things that didn't get that many likes or listens or engagement or shares. And so number one, understand what business you're in. Number two, sell the outcome, sell the results. Number three, Use analytics, use data. If you are a blogger, you have you should have access to a plugin from Google called Google Analytics that will tell you where your traffic is coming from. And there are all kinds of tutorials, YouTube, you name it, things that will teach you how to interpret your analytics. And so you have to use numbers. You don't have to sit there in the dark trying to figure it out or throwing things against the wall and trying to see what sticks. And this isn't to say that you shouldn't test things. You should absolutely test things, but you should still go back and look at those tests and see, okay, what does this data tell me about what works and what doesn't? You might be familiar with the term A-B testing. A-B testing happens all the times in brands. And so sometimes when a company is trying out a new logo, they'll put out one version and then subtly they will change it. They'll put out a slightly different version and see which one gets more traction, see which one gets more hits. So A-B tests or split test everything. I'm not saying don't test things. What I'm saying is once you test them, look at what the data is telling you because that will tell you what's really resonating with your audience. And I always am a believer, let your audience tell you what they want. I know that as entrepreneurs and creative people, we can sit there in a room and we can say, oh, I would love to do this. And even though you might love to do it, your audience might not love it back. Okay, so make sure that you are using your audience, doing some social listening and figuring out what it is that is really resonating, what the data is telling you, and then use that to build, market, and monetize your business and your platform. Number four, systematize everything. Systems, systems, systems. And I'll say this, systematize everything, but don't set it and forget it. Your business is not a crock pot. You can't just put it on a certain setting and then walk away from it. 
unless you have the support staff to do so. And if you don't have the support staff to do so, then you're going to end up regretting it. I know some people that are very, very popular on Instagram. They've got a ton of followers and they've made a ton of money and they have these programs that are set it and forget it. So they have Facebook groups that they never show up in. And so people are asking questions. People are having issues with their downloads. People are having issues with this and questions about that. And that person just has all of these preloaded prompts, which really aren't helping anybody. So when I say systematize, I'm not saying automate it and then walk away from it. What I'm saying is if you automate it, make sure that there is some means of support. There's something called UX, which is short for user experience. You have to think about from the time that someone is just browsing around and just happens to come across your feed or happens to come across your blog or your podcast, all the way to the shopping cart and after and beyond. What is the user's experience? What is the system? How is it working at every step of the journey? How are they discovering you? And if they discover you, what is your call to action that prompts them to go and find more information? If they click on a link, what happens when they go to that link? If they buy a product, is it clear what method of payment you accept? Or if you're coaching or providing a service-based business, is it clear how to take action with you, how to contact you? Is there a form that they fill out? Does that form tell them how long it's going to take for you to get back to them? And if you get back to them, what do you say when you talk to them? What is it that you're trying to ascertain? In other words, from start to finish, from open to close, what is the user experiencing? Sometimes too often what happens is you bought the product and that's the end of it. So if somebody wants to return it, is there a refund policy? All those types of infrastructure types of things. Those things are the types of things that if they're not done well, will tank your business because you know that people like to talk and complain on social media. Yelp is full of people who are complaining about businesses and the ones that are effective, the businesses that are effective and watching the bottom line are the ones that respond to the complaints. They say things like, I'm sorry that your experience was not up to our standard. If you would like, please contact us and speak to Beth or speak to Dan or our manager or our support team. In other words, you have to be clear from start to finish, what is your client going to be experiencing? And if everything does not happen perfectly and seamlessly as you hope that it would, what contingency plan do you have in place to make sure that the customer is taken care of? So systematize everything, but don't set it and forget it. Don't walk away from your business. Don't walk away from your clients. And last, but certainly not least, you have to, you have to, you must, you must. You have to build a sales force because, again, the solopreneur thing, no. You need a sales force. You need a distributor for your product. You need someone that is going out there to sing your praises. And this can happen in a number of ways. So if you are a product-based business, then absolutely go out there and find yourself a distributor. Negotiate a contract with Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or someone that's going to carry your product. But trying to do that on your own, selling them at a trade show here or a trade show there, that's going to become really exhausting. And so that's not going to be a sustainable strategy for you in the long term. 
And so here are three ways that you can consider building a sales force. Number one, use brand evangelists. Brand evangelists are people, your clients that you have served and served well, and they love who you are. They love what you do. They tell their friends and their family about you. So utilize those testimonies. When you are getting ready to do a launch or a product launch, make sure that you utilize those people that have already had success with you so that they can be positioned to go out and leverage their networks to sing your praises to the target audience that you're trying to reach. Number two, you can use brand affiliates. And so these are people that receive a commission based on what it is that you are selling. So for example, if you are selling a $2,000 program, then your brand affiliates would get some portion of that $2,000 as a thank you and kind for being part of your sales force. I know that sometimes when we're thinking about our bottom line, we often think about the overhead and we want to take home as much as possible. Think about when you get like a regular paycheck, you want to get as few tax withholdings as possible for some people because they're like, I want all of my check or as much of my check as humanly possible. And I understand that. But at the same time, when you're talking about growth and scale for your business and for your brand, brand affiliates are necessary because the truth of the matter is, even if you have a great network of fellow entrepreneurs that support you and believe in what you do, they have their own businesses to run. And so if you want them to provide some exposure and some access to your brand, to their audience, that is going to cost you something that you can't get something for nothing. And so you have to ask yourself, what am I willing to part with? How much of the profit am I willing to part with so that I can get access to this network? And so use brand affiliates. And based on what it is that you're selling, the brand affiliates will get a monetary percentage of whatever that is. I know several coaches that offer referral bonuses. And so if you refer one of your people to their programs, they will give 5%, 10%, 15%, sometimes as much as 30 or 40% for that referral. And so one thing that you can do to monetize your brand so that you're not doing all the work yourself is to use brand affiliates. And last but certainly not least, sometimes we get caught up in this notion that I don't have any money to pay anybody. I can't pay somebody what I don't have. In which case, you have to find somebody that is willing to either work for equity, meaning that from the first dollar, they are going to get about a third, in some cases, uh, 40% of that first dollar, which I realize is a lot. But think about it. They're not making anything. So that's their incentive. And so if you have a $10,000 program and they go out there and they're securing these $10,000 deals for you and they have to get 40% of that, well, that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. At the same time, you wouldn't have the $6,000 that you're going to be getting if they weren't out there hustling and selling it. So you have to kind of keep these things in perspective. Again, you can't get something for nothing. And if you try to do all of the work yourself, you're going to struggle. I know that many of you that listen to this podcast don't have the infrastructure. You don't have the support team and the support staff or the sales force that's necessary to really drive and sustain your business over the long term. But there's only so much that you can do on your own. Think of this as an investment in your business. And so as the old saying goes, it take money to make money. It really does take money to make money. And if you want to be able to monetize, you have to have some form of sales force working on your behalf. Otherwise, it's going to be a real struggle for you to expand your brand beyond your current reach. So let's recap. 
Monetizing your brand, there were five keys. One, understand the business that you're in. Two, sell the outcome and quantify it if you can. Three, use analytics. Let the data tell you a story. What is it telling you about what's resonating with your audience and what isn't? Number four, systematize everything, but don't set it and forget it. And five, build a sales force to do the work for you. Because at the end of the day, when you're ready to monetize your brand, somebody's got to be out there selling it and it shouldn't just be you. So that is the end of the belief in action series on branding, folks. I hope that this was helpful to you. Next week, we're going to be talking all about these lessons learned from one of the largest multi-billion dollar companies in the world, McDonald's. I recently went and saw that movie, The Founder, and I encourage you to see it before it leaves the theaters. It's not playing all over. And I understand that. I think that McDonald's is quietly kind of giving money to try to shush, 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 because they don't want people to see what the real story is. But oh, baby, there are some key lessons that are so relevant for entrepreneurs. And you'll hear all about them next week. Can't wait to see you then. If you have any questions, comments or takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.